0: Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, today I'm reading from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. It says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and a great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into the boat and sat. And the whole multitude Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some seeds fell among stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up, and choked them but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop some a hundredfold some 60 some 30 he who has ears let him hear hey over the next few minutes I want to speak to you we're using this encouraging line and this encouraging subject if you're taking notes seek and die seek and die oh we're starting 2023 strong It's your Jordan year. Let's pray. Father, I love you. At this moment, we've done all we can. Um, Worship team has done an incredible job of worshiping you, of praising you, not putting on a show, but lifting you up. Father, we've given the information, Lord God, on how to be able to follow up and and become a family here at Greater. This part, I can't do. I'm going to run my mouth. But there's something that's going to happen in the spiritual, Lord Jesus, where hearts are going to be open, Lord God, where these seeds, Lord, are going to produce fruit. And Father, that's the job that you do by way of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would come into this place, that every demonic attack, stronghold, every single obstruction, oppression in this place, Lord God, would be removed, Lord Jesus. And that your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, not only would fill me, but would fill us all, Lord, that we would walk out of here with a renewed passion, excitement, zeal. Ready to walk into everything that you have for us in this new year, Father. Lord, we love you. We thank you for everything that you will do, Lord. And it's in the precious Son of Jesus' name that we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus? Come on, Greater Church. Would you put your hands together for Jesus in his place? Seek and die. We just came out of uh, my favorite season. And... uh, my favorite as a Cuban, as a Hispanic, this season doesn't end probably to the middle of January um, but because we keep the Christmas tree. How many of y'all still have your Christmas tree up? Let me ask this. How many of y'all took your Christmas tree down? I, y'all, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Guys. Please, come on. This is Jesus. It's Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, keep it going. You make us look bad. Some of y'all, some of y'all be taking the Christmas trees down in February sometime, Valentine's Day. God bless you. We don't judge you in this church. We accept all people. Uh, I love sitting around and watching movies with my kids. And we we have a thing. My wife, she's a chronic, Hallmark, corny rom-com watcher. I've watched every Princess Switch, all of the, you know, all, all of that stuff. I've watched all of those corny, she puts me there, and, I, and then I get into it, you know what I mean? And then it's exciting to me. Um, one of the movies that we always watch, and I feel like it always ends up in our house, is Home Alone. I mean, y'all, uh, the true American classic, you know what I mean? Home Alone. Home Alone 2 was on. And I was, I was walking by, and I was like, oh, they're watching Home Alone. And I sat on the couch, so I put my feet up on the couch, and I started to watch, you know, Macaulay Culkin, Kevin McAllister, um, who was at this time, part two, his parents left, and he was in New York. He could have called the police at any time, but what did he do? Of course not. He took the credit card and cha-ching, and he went to the Trump Towers. Can't even say Trump Towers no more without people getting insulted. Oh, my God, don't say that name. He went to the Trump Towers, and he, he got a limousine. I mean, he was killing it. One night he's walking, for those of you that don't know, and if you haven't seen this movie, bro, it's like 80 years old, bro. That's your fault. But he's walking, and as he's walking, he's in Central Park, and he sees this little bird, and he gives the bird a little bit of his cracker, then some more birds, and then some more birds, and then all of a sudden, y'all remember this part? All of a sudden, he just sees, like, out of the thing, it's just like... And it's the lady with all the birds. And so he tries to run. When he tries to run, his foot gets stuck in the rock. So he's like, ah! He's screaming, ah! Ah! And then she comes behind them, the bird lady, I don't even remember what her name was, and she comes and she takes his foot off. When she takes his foot off, boom, he's gone. He runs and he's leaving. But as he's running, he starts to think to himself, he's like, man, he's like, hold on, man, did, did you try to help me? And the lady's like, yes, I try to help you. And all of a sudden they start a beautiful relationship and they end up at this symphony and this is where I got rocked. They end up at the symphony, and they're up at the top, super illegal, but they're watching the entire symphony happen. And she's having a conversation with him, and he says, how did you get here? And she's like, well, I used to have a husband, but then I I couldn't have any children, and I really wanted to have children, but he couldn't, so he fell out of love with me. And when he fell out of love with me, I thought nobody else can love me, and everybody was going to treat me the same way, so I've pushed everybody away. And, and Kevin is sitting there. He's like, you know what? This little kid at this point, he's like 10 years old. I don't even know Timmy's He's like young. And he turns to her and he says, you know, one year I was given a pair of roller skates. And when I was given that pair of roller skates, I was so afraid that I was going to break them and scratch them. So I kept them in my room and I, I, I never used them. And then when I finally decided one day, oh, I'm going to put on my roller skates. I had outgrown them. My foot was too big. And I was never able to use them. I was sitting there, I almost started speaking into Akuna Matata. I was like, yo, Kevin preaching, bro. I was like, he's, that's a word right there. You guys, my wife, I literally forget about the whole movie. I'm like sitting there writing an entire message out of that. Because I think for Christians, there are things of God that freak us out. There are things that happen in churches that have created a stain, have actually made you look at Christianity in such a bad way. There are things that you have been so scared of. There are things that you haven't stepped into because you have been terrified. And what will happen is that as believers, we'll stay stuck. And we talked about this a few years, a few weeks ago. We stay stuck in salvation and we give our life to Jesus. And when we give our life to Jesus, that's the end of the story. And I'm just happy that my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but there's Man, there's a lot more that God wants to do in your life. God, God is the creator of all things. Uh, the Greek word is archaeo. He's the architect. And a few weeks ago, we broke down what that means for God to be the architect. He's, he's the archaeo. He made everything. He created you. Nunzi spoke about it when she read the soap. At the very beginning of, gen, of creation in Genesis chapter 1, everything that we see, the birthplace of it was in Genesis chapter 1, what we see now. And God is this creator. But then he made us the beauty of it is that he made us the Bible says that he made us in his image The image doesn't mean that we have the likeliness of God or we look like God because God doesn't have a nose He doesn't have an ear. He doesn't have a mouth. He really he doesn't speak God doesn't have facial features the way we do it's called anthropomorphism Now i'm going into christianese and theology class, but you need a little bit of this at the very beginning of the year What that means is that we try to adapt these things that we understand so that we can understand God But God is a spirit So God will speak so that you can hear him, but he doesn't have vocal cords. He is a spirit. He's the creator. And then he made us. So what does it mean that he made us in his image? This is what it means that he made us in his image. He made us iconia. That word image means iconia. And what it means is that we're icons. Icons. Literally, if you take that word in the Hebrews, it just means that you are a window that you can see to something so much more profound. That's who we are. That we're these windows to something so much more profound. But many times we don't live those profound lives. God is the master builder. I'm going to give you a bunch of Bible today. Watch this. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's vineyard. You are God's building. So God makes us. And then he creates us. And then he puts our Im- his image on us. The image... That's that we become free moral agents, that we have free will. We can tell God we love you or we can tell God we hate you. In acting that will, that's when we begin to live out the image of God. We begin to actually act like God when we have the will, when we get to choose God. We find out that he's a provider when we broke as a joke. We find out that he's a healer, Jehovah Rapha, when we're sick. But we have the choice to choose God. That's why the devil hates you. You could be strung out on crack. You can be your identity screwed up. You could be so far lost in the world, but you still carry his identity. And I believe he did that to piss the devil off. So every time that you step and that the enemy sees you, he sees the image of God and it pisses him off because he understands how far he has fallen. Can I tell you that that's why we get up in the church and we're not encouraging you. We're not trying to lift your self-esteem up. We're telling you something that's already a reality that you are a child of God and that you carry the image of of God you're in Iconia there's something so profound inside of you Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 it says that that God he has he's created us right and he's made you and he's been so beautiful but then he says he has made everything beautiful in its time also he has put eternity in their hearts that that's what we carry bro but for so many of us we live these lives and our life is so confused It's so perplexed because there's so much wonder. There's so much greatness inside of us. And we're just happy to get up and go to work the next day. And we're just excited that we get to come home and take our shoes off. And then we get to just go to church and listen to a message and worship a little bit and then go home and go spend a little bit of time next to the dinner table. Hopefully you're fasting so you're not going to a barbecue spot. We are we're threefold beings, right? So we're not a body and a soul that received a spirit. No, no. We were a spirit first in the mind of God, and then we received a body, and then we received a soul. Mind, body, and soul. Triune. I'll show you this in scripture. Watch this. Look at what the Bible says. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So before God started knitting you together in your mom's womb, you were already a thought, meaning that you were a spirit. But our spirit, it's perfected. It belongs to God. It is God's. But what happens is that our soul and our body is on a journey of trying to catch up to this thing. So though God says that he has performed, I mean, that he has perfected it and that he has known us way before we ever had flesh. We still have this journey that we're on and this journey is going to be found in threes. You're going to hear about this in just a second. It's going to be found in threes. Everybody say threes. Jesus says a farmer went out to sow some seeds. We read this at the beginning. And he says, as he sowed the seeds, some of it fell amongst ground that wasn't good. Some of it fell on on ground without any fertile soil. Some of it fell on, on hard ground. Some of it fell between the thorns and the birds of the air came and snatched it. The sun scorched it. But then he said there was one fourth of the seed that actually took ground. And that one fourth of the seed, the Bible says, some of it produced 30 fold some of it produced 60 fold and some of it produced 100 fold. I would put your seatbelt on because we're going to dive a little bit today because I believe that this is a natural progression that God has us on. So much of what happens in churches today, and man, we're, we're, we're not, not only are we guilty of it, we're excited and we're glad to be this, but so much of what's preached in church has to do with your body, keep your pants up, keep your skirts down. Stop eating 35 McChickens every time you leave from church, eat healthy, but it's also talking about the soul. It also talks about us with sin, us turning away from sin, and don't sin, and this is the bad, and you shouldn't do this, and hell is real, and you're going to hell, all things that are real. But what will happen though is that we forget and we neglect the spiritual matters of things. That there's a lot more that God wants to do. Three-fourths of it is destroyed. One-fourth is found. Jesus is trying to teach us that, yo, there, there's something bigger that you can move from being producing 30-fold, that you can produce 60-fold, and that you can get to a place where you can produce 100-fold. But for so much of the church, we, we're we just happy with 30-fold. And we're just happy with the part that we never had anything to do with. We're happy with the fact that salvation You didn't do anything about it, but we're happy just to have our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm just saved enough. And I'm just grateful that I get to come to church and that I've given my life to the Lord. And we stay in this space and some of us stay in that space for 30, 40 years without progressing and producing any more. Man, it got super quiet in this place. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14. The Bible says, I pressed for the mark of the prize of the... I press for the mark of the prize of the high calling. It's crazy that Paul would pull from Jesus a little bit here. If there's a high calling, then there needs, then there needs to be lower callings. So if, if there's 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold, the 100-fold would probably fall under the high callings, and then the 60 and the 30 you start progressing. And listen, let me explain something to you. I'm not belittling any of those things. You'll hear about it about in a second. But what I want you to do is that I'm trying to spur you on to better works. I'm trying to fan the flame that's inside of you that you would move away from salvation and move into discipleship and then move into production. I'll show you that in a second. Listen to what the Bible says. God is talking to Moses and he says, Moses, I want you to build a tabernacle for me. So I want you to build this house for me to be able to dwell in. What happens is this. God tells him, I want you to build an outer courts. In the outer courts, it's a huge area then i want you to build the inner courts inside of the inner court so the the brazen laver is outside and the and the and the, and the, and the, and the, and, the, and, the, and everything that's outside for sacrifices and then you go inside into the inner place. And then there's the candlesticks, the table of showbreads, the altar of incense. Inside of it is a holier place. This is where the priests will go in and sacrifice. And then you would walk into the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was this place that was 10 feet by 10 feet by 10 feet. So meaning that it was a tight spot that only one person could go in. What happens is this. Most of Christianity finds itself in the 30 fold. We walk from our sins and we step into a place where all the sacrifice is happening. Priests are dressed in robes and vestments and there's blood slinging and there's screaming and chants and there's smoke going everywhere. And I mean, it's so exciting and everybody, you get there and you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. There's, I mean, just sacrifices of animals and pillars of smoke going up in the air and everybody's on the outside. It's a huge court. There's celebration going on in there. I mean, it's just incredible everything that's happening. And it's fun when you first get there. And it's fun when you're, when you're there for a couple of years. But after 10, 20 years, there has to be something inside of you. And I know that there is that thinks to yourself, yo, what is happening inside that room? Why am I watching people walk through there and going into the inner room? What is happening there? And after being outside for so long, something inside of you starts to get spurred up and starts to begin to tell you, yo, am I crazy? Why is it that I'm sitting at work and God is giving me words and telling me to tell something to my neighbor? Why is it that I have this desire? I don't want to get on Netflix and read and watch all these different things. I want to spend time in the word, but everybody else is ridiculing me because of that. Why is it that I have this sudden yearning inside of me that I just every time I listen to worship music, something breaks inside of me and I don't react the way everybody reacts. And I can't be in my car and just listen to worship music by myself just sitting there. I'm crying and I'm singing these songs to God. It's not entertainment to me. It's actually filling me. And something happens where you start to think to yourself, Yo, there has to be something inside of there, and you're yearning it. But for so many of us, we get stuck in this spot. And let me tell you, this spot is important, but it's settled. It has nothing to do with you. The justification that came because of the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice for you to be able to enter into the holy place, this already happened because of Jesus. It settled your consciousness and it told it that it hasn't, that it doesn't have to pay for something that it can't afford. You cannot afford to be able to appease the wrath of God. The Bible says that death is the wages for our sins. We can't do anything to be able to stop that. All we can do is continue to sin and continue to receive death. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice and our substitute that he came in. He took the wrath of God in his death. He resurrected and then he gave us the keys to be able to walk a free life, a freedom filled life. But we're stuck in this area outside dealing and going back and, back and forth with sin when it's been settled. We don't have to live inside of that place. I want to show you this. 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. It'll be up on the screens. It says, I write to you, little children, little children, because your sins are forgiven you from his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Notice that there's three levels. That there's children, there's young men, and then there's fathers. Notice that even in feasts, there's the feast of Passover, there's the feast of Pentecost, and then there's the feast of tabernacles. Here's what I would love to say and what I present to you. If you have been in the faith for a very long time, And you have found yourself in a space where you are only dealing with sin and you're trying not to sin and you're trying not to do that and you're trying not to do these things and you don't and you keep doing this and you find yourself in this back and forth where you come to church, you repent, but then on Monday night, it gets the best of you again and you're back and forth. Then can I submit to you that scripture says that you are a child? This isn't encouraging. Galatians chapter four, verses one through two. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the appointed time of the father. I have, I have four kids, Abigail, she's, uh, she's seven years old, Levi, and then I have Ramses and Jadel. Could you imagine if I took my debit card, my wife wouldn't like this very much. Could you imagine if I, if I took my, my debit card and I said, here, Abigail, here's my debit card and here's my PIN number. Do what you want to do. Okay, she won't know what to do with it because she don't even understand the Internet. You know what I mean? But like, but like Levi or Ramses, yo, bro, here's my shoes. I mean, here's my, my, you can buy shoes. What would happen is that they would probably purchase things and they would allow for things to enter into life, into their life that would actually kill them. Could it be that us as Christians, what we do sometimes is that we are entitled, the church has approved and built up your self-esteem, but they haven't given you any type of maturity. Could it be that we're walking in the outer courts, we're producing 30-fold, we're saved, but we're constantly, we hear a good preaching, and all of a sudden now we're naming it and claiming it, babbling and grabbing it. We're putting demands on God that he never allowed for us, that he never told us to put demands on. Please understand, I believe in faith. But when we begin to put demands on God and God, you got to do this for me right now and we're screaming at him and we're praying and we got to, if he gives you that, what if it would kill you? What if he's actually holding you back from something that would destroy your life? Yo, God is sovereign. I'm not putting a blanket statement over everything, but I want you to understand that there are times in my life that I've said, God, I want you to give us a building. And bro, we were in a middle school, in an elementary school and everything that you see right here, Every single morning, we would bring out cases. Y'all remember that? We would bring out cases and we would take all of the drums and we would get um, screwdrivers and we would take the drums apart. We would put them back in the, we would take the speakers down and we put them back in the case. Oh yeah, some of y'all like, oh what? Yeah, that happened. Every day at seven o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. And then at, depend, if we got real Pentecostal, then we leave at three o'clock. But if not, it was like 2.30, two o'clock, we'd start tearing down. And every single day we did that. And I was just, God, give us a building, God, uh, we, all right, I claim it in the name of Jesus. It's 2017, the the number 17 is the number of new building, and right now you're going to give me. (laughs) Number one, we didn't have the finances to be able to hold the building. We were paying $125 in our electrical bill. (laughs) Now we're paying $900. (laughs) It's a different change. It would have destroyed me. How many things have you prayed for? that God hasn't exactly given to you just yet because you haven't walked into the maturity of it. What will happen is this, that when God actually gives you and you're mature in it, it no longer becomes your source. Now it's just a resource. So you're no longer excited about, oh my God, I finally got it. Thank you, Jesus. You're more like, oh God, I'm going to use this to be able to bless somebody or to bring somebody to your kingdom. It doesn't become your source. I needed this, Lord. Now it becomes something that's just like, you know what? I understand it a little bit better and I see what you're doing in my life. But it's us moving away from the 30-fold into the 60-fold when maturity happens. Y'all say, Chino, how do we move into the the 60-fold? Okay, so all three and a half of y'all, the Bible says that David has this dream in his heart that he wanted to build a temple for God. And when he wanted to build this temple for God... God told him, you, you unfortunately cannot build this temple because there's too much blood on your hands. And he told David, you're not going to build it, but your son is going to build this temple. So Solomon, he begins to gather and people start giving him resources from all over the place and super generous to him. And Solomon gets everything that he needs and he builds this beautiful temple. I mean, in the back of the crown molding, inside of the back of it, there were onyx and jewels and diamonds and gold and sapphires, things that people will never see. And we can easily think, why did he put that where nobody could see it? Isn't that a waste? It's not a waste because it doesn't have any monetary value to God. He owns it all. It's a rock to God. Solomon builds this thing to announce the temple or the opening of the temple in what would seem like a modern day red ribbon cutting. I want to show you what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 12. It says, and the Levites who were the singers and all those of Asaph and Heman and Jethun with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen. Yo, we, we got to have the worship team in white linen. In white linen, having cymbals. We need tambourines. How many of y'all want to bring tambourines back to the church? We're going to take them from you, Nuno. You can't have tambourines. No. All out, beat, <laughs> catching the Holy Ghost at the wrong time having (laughs) cymbals, stringed instruments and harps, with them 120 sounding trumpets. I want you to see that real quick. With them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. I want you to understand something. He's dedicating the temple that is built by man's hands in which God is going to dwell into this temple. I want to show you something because I think it's super important. Here it is that the Bible says, in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, 15, I'm sorry. It says, in those days, Peter stood up. This is Jesus has now died. He's resurrected. He's had the conversation with the disciples, and he's told them, I want you to wait in the upper room. So for 10 days, Pentecost is 50 days. 40 days was from the time of Passover all the way to the time of Pentecost. So 10 days before Pentecost happens, for 10 days they have shut themselves in the upper room, 120 individuals. And the Bible says that all of a sudden while they were there praying, there came in and there was a sound as is of a rushing wave, a rushing wind went in there and there were tongues of fire on each one of them. And all of a sudden people from the surrounding areas inside of an upper room think about this me and you are in this room right now and if 120 of us start talking could you imagine our neighborhood begins to hear it it's miraculous but i believe that it is also representative of what it sounds like for trumpets to blast so what god was doing watch this my time together what God was doing was that number one he was showing you that there is a temple that is going to be built by hands in which I would dwell but in the second temple the second time around when God used 120 trumpets to announce a temple in which God would dwell which is not made by hands that God is living inside of us now William Seymour great you can't even call him a revivalist, he just loved the Lord, and this man sat there, and he wanted to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and he said, I I need to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and him at the Bonnie Bray house, not even going to Azusa Street, you could read this, for 10 days, they sat there, and they fasted, and they prayed, they didn't move, how many of y'all want to stay for 10 days, don't worry, I'll tell your boss, you're fine, okay, cool, I'll stay by myself, (laughs) 10 days fasting and praying, And all of a sudden, the Bible says, not the Bible says, historians dictate and say that 10 days after that, all of a sudden, one person was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And from that moment, 6 million people were affected because of what happened on Azusa Street. People were healed. Police officers would come in there. It's documented. You can see them say it with their own mouth. Police officers would go into this room in Azusa Street, open the door to try to go tell him, hey, there's too much crowds. There's too many people outside. There's too many people in here. And the moment that they would come... they would fall flat on their face because of the power of the Lord, because individuals got together and said, we're going to pray for 10 days. There's no distractions. We're going to just spend time in the presence of God. This is what happened when the 120 trumpets blew on the day of Pentecost. I want to show you something even a little bit deeper. Y'all want to go a little bit deeper? Luke chapter four, verse 16 through 21. Watch this. Leviticus chapter 25, I'm not going to explain or, or break that whole thing down, but Leviticus 25, if you're taking notes, it dictates and it explains to you what is Jubilee, what happens in Jubilee. Debt is canceled, so if an individual goes and and and, and if I owe somebody a certain amount of money, then if I don't have the money to pay them back, then what will happen is that my sons will be sent into slavery and they will have to work until that debt is paid back if in that 50 year gap what will happen is that when 50 years hit every single 50 years you would be released of all of your debt so you no longer owed visa that debt would be canceled you no longer owed wells fargo with your house that debt would be canceled how many y'all do me a favor raise your hand and wish that we still had that that the debts would just be canceled raise your hand come on the debts would be canceled okay cool i need you to raise your hand if somebody who owes you money you wish that debt was canceled That was super holy a minute ago. Yes, Jesus. This is Oprah. You get a card. No. (laughs) We don't like that part. Luke chapter 4, Jubilee. That's what happened with Jubilee. Every 15 years, the debt would be canceled. Every seven years, you would work the land. And at the end of seven years times seven years, which is 49 years, on the 50th year, you were told, do not till your ground. Everything that came out of that ground was for free for everybody else. I don't want to hear that part. Luke chapter four, verse 16 through 21. It says, so he came Jesus to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom, he went into the synagogue, aka the church. It's a great custom. You want a New Year's resolution? Go to church. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blinds to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. And the Bible says, and, and the eyes of all were fixed, in the synagogue, were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, today this scripture is being fulfilled in your hearing. Mm, I don't get that part. Go to the scripture before that. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm Jesus and I'm talking. I'm not Jesus. I'm Cuban. Because he has... I don't even know what that means. Because he has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This is the part that I don't think you got. And it says to proclaim... The acceptable year of the Lord. What Jesus was saying in this moment is that no longer do you have to wait for 50 years for your debt to be canceled he said you don't have to wait for a trumpet to sound to announce jubilee but today the scripture is being fulfilled in your hearing that i am jubilee meaning that the debt to your sin has been canceled because of jesus that the depression that you've been dealing with for so long today you can find freedom in it in jesus that the jubilee that everything that has been chasing you your past the sins that you have done on a repeated basis today the bible says that when jesus sat down he says that has been fulfilled i am jubilee you don't have to wait fifty years. You don't wait to have you don't have to wait for the praise group to come back on stage and start touching or playing your favorite song. You don't have to wait until you get your tithes together. You don't have to wait until you dress right, but today the Bible says that freedom is found for you and for your household, that you no longer have to live in the debt of sin. You no longer have to live in the debt of anxiety. You no longer have to live in the debt of this life, but that you can find freedom, that Jesus is Jubilee. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter seven, that don't you know that you are the temple of the living God and that the Holy Spirit, that is Jesus, his spirit, lives inside of you that we are now the temples of the living God and that God lives inside of us you want to move away from the 30 fold the Bible says fill yourself up with the spirit and you will not satisfy the lust of the flesh The baptism with the Holy Spirit enables you to be able to step into the inner room, into the inner courts where you can actually be in the holy room with God, where you move away from just living your way to all of a sudden living an empowered way. Now, this is where it gets tricky because of your theology, your doctrine, how you grew up, what denomination you came from. Certain people have told you that no longer exists on this side of town. I promise you that during the spring, a little bit earlier before the spring, we're gonna take about nine, 10 weeks where we're gonna unpack this. But I want you to understand that there is an empowerment that comes upon believers that they no longer have to live just wondering, when am I gonna sin again? But that they can step out of the 30 fold, step into a 60 fold, and that they can begin to tell people things that they don't know that god gave them through the word of wisdom the word of knowledge through the discerning of spirits there is nathaniel in whom there is no guile that there is the gifts of healing there is the working of miracles the gifts of faith prophecy tongues interpretation of tongues administration helps that there are so many gifts that the lord has given and put in your hand that are not just dictated to a pastor to some leaders, but that are available for the entire church, for the edification, edification, it means for the building up of the church, that we would instruct people in the faith, that we would teach them and that they would grow out and that they would make more believers so that people who are outside of the courts would step into the 30 fold, that they would understand that there is a sacrifice that has been given to them. I am now saved, but that we would teach them and help them to grow into the things of God, the things that freak you out. Some of y'all have been in this room, and the Lord has already been dealing with you. He's been dealing with you for so long, and you're, you're having dreams, and, and you've gotten to the point now where you're starting to write some of those dreams down because you're like, why does he keep telling me this? And all of a sudden, you're talking to people. I was sitting with a, with a friend of mine, and we, we had a worship service, and in this worship service, there was a, a bass player, and that bass player was next to me. It wasn't you, David, I promise <laughs> maybe, and I'm with this bass player, and the, and the Lord just, he, he, he shows me like a like a fishing line, and then he shows me fish coming in, and I'm like, what I do is I stop at that moment, because I don't want to get Christianese with it, because I'm a preacher, I can take that, and I can preach it, so I was like, hey man, I, the Lord showed me, he's playing the bass, don't worry David, I promise, he's, he's playing the bass, and I said, the Lord showed me that you're using there's, there's bait that's coming out and you're fishing people. But, but that's not what the guy wants to tell you. What God wants to tell you is that you, you can't clean the fish up by yourself. You can't do this by yourself. You need people in your life. You're going to fish. And I don't even think the base is your fishing line. I, I really believe that you're a preacher. And this man turns to me. He says, bro, I'm actually planting a church. And I've been praying about planting a church. And I said, well, you can't do the church by yourself. You need people in your life. From that moment, we sold into it, and we gave into that church, and that church is actually now in the beginning stages of starting as a ministry, which I'm grateful to see what God did, but this is what happens when you step away from the fold and you begin to move, when me and my wife, we're, we're in Mardi Gras, and we're evangelizing, shout out to Mike, see you we're, we're, we're evangelizing, we're evangelizing, we're teaching, we're talking to people about Jesus. And wild, somebody's holding onto your book bag, it's a girl, and you're just, just, we're in front of a strip club, in front of the hustler. And we're trying to tell, hey, you got a minute? Hey, you got a minute? No, I don't got no minutes. Oh, come, here, I got a minute. Here, borrow one of mine. Let me tell you about Jesus. I don't want to tell you about no Jesus. And one guy, my friend got him, boom, and started evangelizing to him. So his friend is right there, and I say, hey, bro, uh, man, can I talk to you about Jesus? He's like, bro, I don't want to know about no Jesus. Bro, leave me alone, dude. I need this. I'm done. And no, I'm I'm done. I don't, I don't, I don't want none of this. And I'm like, yo, can I at least pray for you? Yeah, you can pray for me, whatever. I'm like, what can I pray for you about? Bro, just pray for me. Off top, I'm a little hood. I'm ratchet and righteous. A little bit of both of them, ratchet and righteous. So I'm a little, I'm already like, yo, I don't need, bro, I don't don't even want to pray for you. Go to hell. Stop. (laughs) So so the guy's sitting there, and I'm like, and I just put my hand on his back and I just say, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus. You know him. And I just, I don't even know what I said. All I know was that immediately after I finished praying, Please don't think this is Chino getting glory. I just want to show you what's inside of you. The Bible. (laughs) This man leaves me and walks away from me at a speed. When he walks away from me, here I am sitting there. I just prayed for this dude, and immediately, this is this is the glory part. Immediately in my brain, I'm like, "You idiot, Chino." You always say the wrong things. What did you tell that guy? I bet you told him something stupid. Like, why would you even pray for him? Why are you even out here? Nobody's going to get accept Jesus. Nobody's going to do nothing here. Why are you here? And my mind just started racing <laughs> the glory, right? This is who God used. This man came back. At this point, he starts coming back a little bit faster. He's like, hey, bro, remember, I'm a little righteous and ratchet. So when he came, I just threw my pivot back. I'm like, what's up, bro? <laughs> I'm like, what's up? <laughs> In Jesus' name, I got holy hands. <laughs> hey hey man I don't know what you did to me what you mean what I did to you bro (laughs) he said I've had an injury since I was 12 years old all through high school I've had this bad neck pain I was here walking through Mardi Gras in so much pain he said the moment that you prayed for me I just felt this warmth and all of a sudden now I can't feel that pain anymore he accepted the Lord at that very moment he accepted Jesus at that very moment last sunday a year ago we had an individual walk into our church with a paralyzed leg walked away with her leg working can i explain to you that these are not just things that are relegated to preachers jason and man we had a group of people and um jamal and sherry i don't know if y'all remember it last year this same time we were praying for a lady um renee we love her she probably watching online bad back problems couldn't even move her back and all of a sudden, Jason and Renee, I mean, Jason and, and, and Sherry, they put their hands on her. This lady wrote me back and said, I just don't understand why the pain is not there. To this day, she has been healed. It's not just a preacher. It's not just a pastor. It's something that God has given to us so that we can step into the 60-fold. Not for you to start your LLC or your ministry or for you to be a headliner on TBN or for you to travel the country as a world-renowned evangelist. It's so that people that are broken and far from God can come to know Jesus. If you heal them, if you give them the word, but they don't know Jesus, then you're failing at this. Then you're not doing it correctly. But when God can actually put maturity in you and you can walk into this thing, it changes the game. Because now you're not afraid to tell somebody something because you got a track record. There's something inside of us. We were sitting here, just a a, a few, Laurent, where you at? Laurent, somewhere around here. Yeah, we we had a conversation right out there. I had a conversation with Laurent. The Lord gave me a word and I missed hanging out with y'all in the lobby because the Lord spoke to him. I'm belittling this point because I want you to understand that this is available and affordable to you, that you can live in this. Everybody say, how do I live in this? 30, 60, 100. Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. Everybody say threes. 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 Milk, the bread of the word, the meat of the word. Jesus, priest, prophet, king, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. David, he was anointed first to fight lions and bears. And then he was anointed to be leader over Judah. And then he was anointed to be the leader and the king over all of Jerusalem. Joseph, he received a coat of many colors from his father. Then he received a coat from Potiphar. And then he received another coat from the Pharaoh, Ruth. The Bible says that she was picking grains and she was just picking little grains, 30 fold. And all of a sudden, Boaz saw her and he said, she'll look cute. Throw a little bit more grain in there. And she started picking a little bit more, 60 fold. And then all of a sudden, Boaz said, you know what? I am going to redeem you and your people. He marries her and she produces a hundredfold. Can I tell you that this is something that God, it's a trajectory of your life that you can continue to move. I'm bringing this to you at the beginning of the year because I want you to look at 2023. I don't want you to see it as just a year. I wanted you to see it as just another step into a place where you don't know what's going to happen. It's going to freak you out, but God is going to begin to use you in ways that you never imagined. You used to want to have an orphanage. You used to want to be a youth pastor. You used to want to be in ministry, but all of a sudden life has pushed you so much, punched you, kicked you, pulled your hair that you're like I'm too old I messed up I did too many things but God is not done with you yet if you got a heartbeat inside of you it's because God is going to use you God is going to take your lips your story your talents your treasure and he's going to allow people to know him it's not about you it ain't got nothing to do with you it has everything to do with you just being an open vessel that God will flow through and watch what will happen when you do that Moses I want you to build the outer courts I want you to build the inner courts And then I want you to build the holy of holies. Jesus is speaking. He says some will produce 30 fold. Some will produce 60 fold. Some will produce a hundred fold. Look at what the Bible says. Towards the end of his ministry, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, he says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will, will find it. I mean, it's a paradox. It doesn't make sense. This does not make sense to me because God is telling me, Jesus is telling me, I need you to die, that if you die, you're going to live for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So Jesus, what are you telling him? We just, do we Jim Jones this thing? Just a couple of y'all know what that is. We're going to pass out a little juice now. We all going to take, you like that, John Luke? We're going to take a look. We're going to take a little juice and we're all going to meet the Lord. <laughs> Not I I don't, it's, the kingdom is always upside down. People offend you, you forgive them. People hurt you, you bless them. It, he, he always flips it upside down. For so long, <laughs> we've said these words during the pandemic and we had no idea what these words actually meant. Because if we did, we probably wouldn't say them as much as we, as much as we did. You claimed it. You got it written in your house. It's your favorite Bible verse for some of you. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. It's going to come up on the screens in just a second. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their lands I I want you to listen to this because we we quoted this all through the pandemic not understanding if my people who are called by my name second chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them of their sins. We're back to another paradox. God is saying that we need to seek his face. My desire in 2023 is to seek God's face. But that's not a. If you understand it, that's it's not the best thing. Moses. Moses is uh is sitting there and he's talking to God, and he has the Ten Commandments, and then God is like, hey man, the people are downstairs, and they built a little calf, and Moses is like, oh man, and the Lord says, I'm gonna kill them all, and I'm gonna start with you, and Moses, no, 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 stop, 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 let me go talk to them, let me, let me go talk to them, and the Bible says that he goes down there, he talks to them, and the people have built this little four-inch by six-inch calf with earrings and different things, and he grabs, it, turns it into dust, and he tells everybody, drink it, and so many people died because there was so much disunity at that moment, And then God says, Moses, come back up to the mountain. Come on, I got to talk to you. Come back up to the mountain. And Moses goes up to the mountain. And Moses, when he goes up to the mountain, he's sitting there. He's walking. He he comes up to God. And in this discourse, found in Exodus, the Bible says in in chapter 33, he's he's like, he's walking. He's like, hey, God, I I understand this part. This is the Cuban international version. I understand this and I, I get it. But like, you got me chasing after you and you got me doing all of these things. But if I'm honest with you, like. I don't even know who you are. I I don't even know who you are. These people are worshiping because they don't even know who you are. I I just want to see your face. Can I just see your glory for just a second? And look at what the Bible says. Exodus chapter 33 verse 20. But he said, God said to him, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me. And it's a bit of a problem if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves pray and seek my face but if i seek your face i'm gonna die but you're asking me to seek your face you're asking me if you want to live i need you to die it's a paradox it's flipped upside down but i believe that moses has the answer 30 60 100 the outer courts the inner courts And the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies is where the throne of God is the Ark of the Covenant. The problem with the holy of holies is that the holy of holies is a ten room a ten foot room by ten foot by ten foot So meaning only one when the mercy seat is in there and the Ark of the Covenant is in there Only one person can be in there and that one person according to scripture They would put bells around their feet and they would put strings on them Because if that person had any sin the moment that they walked into that place Boom, they would fall and they would die and they would have to drag them out There would be encounters in there because if you had sin. That means I ain't going in that room. You go in that room if you want to. Linda's the only person that can go in that room. She's holy unto the Lord. See? (laughs) Come. We all out of luck, so we're not walking into that room. But this is where I believe that the scripture comes alive, and I understand it a little bit more. The Bible says in Ephesians, the entire book, challenge for you this year, just read the book of Ephesians. Go home today, and for those of you that are fasting, for those of you that are leaning into the presence of God and are praying and are walking along this Pray 21 journey, spend some time today in the book of Ephesians. Over 30 times the scripture says that we are in Christ, meaning... I need to see God's face I need to seek his face so that I die because the moment that I die I will be caught up into Jesus and the only person that can go into the holy of holies that doesn't have sin in his life is Jesus and I have to cease to exist I have to die so that I can be caught up in Jesus the moment that I am then I can enter into his presence without any inhibitions it's no longer Chino living it's no longer Chino walking in it but I have died I've died to my guilt I've died to my shame i've died to my anxiety i've died to my depression i've died to my pride i've died to my guilt i've died to my sin i've died to myself and i've gotten into the place where now i am in jesus i have moved away from just living salvation and just being happy that my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I have stepped into a place where now I am experiencing and God is living in through me. He's muzzling my mouth when I want to say things. He's allowing me for ex- to experience the fruit of the Spirit. So it's not just the gifts of the Spirit, but now I know how to be kind and caring and patient. Because some of y'all speak in tongues, but you mean as hell. Now I know how to shut my mouth. And I can walk into a space where I'm living Spirit-led. I'm living by the Spirit. But then there's a moment that you just step into there where you cease to exist and you die. And now when you go to church, it's not, I need to get there so I can hear the Word. Now you understand that worship is the moment where I encounter Him. My arms are raised because I know Him. He's living inside of me. This is the part that I need. Now you understand where the Word is coming on. This is God, I'm listening to you. What are you going to say to me? I'm going home, and I'm not worried about jumping on another phone call. I'm worried about jumping into the Word. I'm not worried about social media. I want to be social with the Creator of all heavens. I have a, int- a complete line to Him. Now, all of a sudden, you're praying way more than you think. You're sitting in your corporate office meeting, and when everybody pisses you off, you just, yeah, give me a sec. I just need to use the bathroom right now. I'll be right back. I just got to go use the bathroom. Go use the bathroom. You lock yourself up in the bathroom, and you ain't even got to do it loud. Just, I don't do it loud. Lord, I want to punch every one of them in their face, but Lord, I love you. I need you, Jesus. And now you walk in there and all of a sudden they're signing contracts and giving you things that you're just like, yo, what just happened? There's a favor on your life because you have ceased to exist. This isn't a prosperity preaching, bro. This isn't some feel-good preaching. This takes work. This takes you dying to yourself. This takes you eliminating distractions, moving away from the things that pleasure you and stepping into a space where you no longer exist, but now you're living in him. This ain't prosperity. This sucks. But I believe this is what the Bible says. And this is what God is saying to you today. You hear me? Listen, put your notes down. Look at me. Seek and die. 2023. Seek and die. Seek Jesus. Cease to exist. Seek him. And watch how God just starts bringing you back to life. some of us that are in this room we've been living in the outer courts for so long and it's time for us to step into the inner courts it's time for us to experience God in a new way in 2023 for some of us we've been living in that world and man for some of us we've stepped into that hundredfold and we know what it feels like to just walk and everything is Jesus and they call us fanatics and they laugh at us but they don't understand the power that we carry that it turns turns rooms around when we walk into it demons wake up and start getting angry people start talking to you differently because there's something that you're in christ but for some of us we're outside of this of this room and we're watching the blood slinging people go to church and somebody invited us on january 1st hey it's at one o'clock oh i gotta turn up and then i could sleep a little bit and then i could go and oh i'm gonna go to church y'all do this all every time we'll do it for you online but we we step into this into this room and you're just watching all of this stuff and there's black cubans on stage screaming and spitting and hooping and hollering freaking incredible piano player making it super nice in here but you are you still feel like you're outside the room because you're still struggling with addictions and you're still struggling with shame and guilt so many things inside of you that you're like man if i step foot in there it's like a lightning bolt's going to hit. The place is going to burn down. 2023, on the first day of the year, what, what if you stepped outside of your own inhibitions and fears, struggles, addictions? What, what if you just, just took a step and just walked in? And what if you allowed for yourself to die on that altar? What do you mean by that, Chino? Everything that you came in here with, would you just throw it at the altar and let it burn? And would you allow for the the sacrifice of Jesus to be what makes you right with God? Not that you got to stop smoking, that you have to stop drinking, and that you have to stop sleeping with her, and I got to stop doing this, and Chino, I got drugs in my back pocket. What if, throw that in, forget that. What if you allowed for Jesus to be that sacrifice? God is going to change everything else. But right now, Come as you are, right there. You ain't got to change. Don't go home and go figure it out right now. You can make a decision to walk from outside to being in the inner courts. And the sacrifice that Jesus has done for you, today you can be saved. How do I do that, Gino? Do I go on stage? Do I walk over here by Randy and then walk in? Like, do I do the whole like, I'm in there? No. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that if you believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead, that you shall be saved. Prayer and faith is what allows for you to step into the inner courts, into the outer courts. This, this is the moment where you can step into a place where the sacrifice is already given for you. You ain't got a sacrifice no more. Let him do it. And then he's going to disciple you. We're going to walk along the journey of helping you to get cleaned up because God doesn't want you to stay like that. He doesn't want you to have those things and for you to walk with those things every single day. There's freedom available for you. How do I do this, Chino? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. I can help you with the confession part. That's just talking. That's a prayer that you say to God. Me and my wife, we both said vows to each other that a man told us to say. I repeated after him, and I've never stepped outside of the covenant of marriage because of words that somebody else gave me. I'm living this thing out. You're going to live it out. I'm just going to give you some words. But here's what saves you, not the prayer. It's faith. Faith is the only thing that can save you. If you didn't have a tongue to be able to speak a prayer, you can still be saved because of your faith. So today, some of y'all have tongues, and a lot of y'all have faith. And I wanna give you an opportunity at the beginning of the year, January 1st, at the beginning of this thing, to be able to step into relationship with Jesus. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at MyGreater.church.